The views and opinions expressed today on Black Focus Radio are not the views and opinions of the station, its management, or its... Now, let's get ready to focus on our issues, our solutions, using our voices on Black Focus Radio. Welcome to Black Focus, the show designed with our community in mind, where we focus on our issues, developing our solutions, using our voices. Central Arkansas, surrounding areas, and the nation. Get ready. Black Focus starts right now. Phone lines open at 855-525-5683. So here's your host, David W. Coleman and Robert Webb. Hey, what's happening? Welcome to Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices. 855-525-5683 is the number. That's how you get in touch with us. If you want to join the show today, we'd love to have you, as we do every day. Got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Uh, By the way, going to go over to Arkansas Baptist College and talk to uh, the Dean of Admissions, James Burrell, and see how the COVID virus is a affecting that small college we oftentimes talk about the big boys and we forget about the little guys so we're going to talk to him a little bit about twelve thirty this afternoon of course we've got some other stuff to talk about as well of course the public lynching that everybody is now becoming aware of uh it's uh horrific uh there is no justification uh i think we need to understand based on what we've been seeing is that uh, i don't care what they say but they really don't care about us and I think if we begin to care about ourselves more maybe that could change so we're certainly going to talk about that also why is the Little Rock FOP after Keith Humphreys what's going on with that okay and you all need to understand that that is the Little Rock FOP okay you all get that right and why are they concerned? If they cared so much about Little Rock, wouldn't they live in Little Rock? Hello. You got to be careful of who the messenger is. So we'll get into some of that today uh, as well. Uh, also, uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, there's a new strain of COVID-19 out. Have y'all heard about that? <laughs> By the way, Trace Ann, so well, that's her over there grunting. There's a new strand out. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about it today. It's it's kind of scary. And uh, so we'll get into that today as well. Y'all going to the mall this weekend. <laughs> Y'all just go right ahead, okay? You know, uh, I'm not a very religious person, but I, they tell me that when Noah's Ark landed, Noah didn't say, hey, y'all, everybody into the pool. He sent out a dove. (laughs) He said, hold up. We got to check this out. So um, y'all go ahead. I'll let y'all be my doves, okay? So we'll get into all that. But anyway, uh, before we do Black Facts, let's introduce Robert Webb. Hello, Robert. How are you? I'm good. How about you, brother? Oh, I'm doing quite well. I'm feeling a lot better considering the last few days. Shout out to a good friend of mine who passed away about 10 years ago, Keith Curry, one of my former teammates. His birthday was yesterday. I meant to do that on yesterday. Number 90 played on the same side. Uh, we we shored up that left side, so it wasn't going to be no mess over there. And uh, miss him a lot. Uh, and uh, he's been gone about 10 years now. 
So I always like to acknowledge he was my he was part of the trio back in the day in high school between Keith Carl and, and Dynamic DC. So uh, much love to he and his family and his beautiful daughter. No difference and buts about it. And also to my mom who uh, is built like a tank, fell and fractured a vertebrae and in her neck. And uh, I ain't going to let that stop me. She's only 92 years old, but that's that's how she rolled. But she's doing a good job, and she's hanging in there as well. So good for her uh, also. Uh, Miss Trace Ann Nelson is gracing our studios today. Uh, hello, Miss Trace Ann. Hi, good afternoon. Uh, let me make sure I have your mic on here, Miss Trace Ann. All right, now there you go. Hey, David. Good afternoon, everybody. It's good to see you. Uh, of, of course, uh, Trace is practicing social distancing and has her mask on, and I don't blame her, uh, considering with Robert being in here. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't want catch nothing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's going to really bog your mind when I tell you about this new strain of COVID-19 because it kind of blew me away last night. That's scary. So we've got killer battle hawks. Oh, no, we got killer battle hornets. Uh, we've got... Uh, Seagull sharks. <laughs> We've got a new strain of COVID nineteen. Seagull sharks was a joke, by the way. Y'all, y'all so serious today. Um, uh, but we got a new strain of COVID nineteen, and I'm telling you, folks, we are living in a science fiction movie. <laughs> we are. We we are living it today. You know, it's it's just boggling. Jumanji level ten or something. I don't know. But anyway, let's uh, jump into some black facts real fast. Dynamic black facts, our culture, our history, our people. Well, you know what? This lady survived a uh, a KKK attack, and most people have ignored her through history. So let's give her a little love. Of course, when we talk about this event, you all will know what it is because it's uh, we all know about this. Sarah Collins walked to church with her friends and sister like it was any other Sunday. But it wasn't. This Sunday would change your life and shock the world. On that tragic day, KKK terrorists bombed the 16th Street Baptist Church, injuring dozens and killing four little black girls whose stories went down in history. Hidden from that history is the fifth girl who survived the blast, Sarah. But her ordeal was far from over. Sarah was rushed to the hospital where she where her slow, painful recovery began. She eventually lost her right eye and had glass embedded in the other and in part of her chest. As she healed, suffering extreme pain and severe PTSD, she watched the white men responsible escape justice, and then she was simply ignored never offered anything in the way of compensation or even an apology, she was quietly survived and pressed forward with dignity since that terrible day. Many survivors of terrorist incidents, 9-11, the Boston bombing, get victims' compensation. She's still paying off medical bills stemming from the incident. A supporter created a GoFundMe for her, but it has raised little money. Like so many survivors of horrific racist violence, she was left to survive without support and acknowledgement. But we can do better, 
Sarah, we remember and we honor you. By the way, that's sponsored by Push Black uh, now. Great, inspiring story. Glad to see that. And we should do better. Why is it that we turn our backs on our leaders? That's why many people who should lead don't. And that's our black fact for today. Keep listening to Black Focus Radio for more dynamic black facts. Our culture, our history, our people on joinetradio.com. And if you would like to sponsor Dynamic Black Facts, give me a call at 615-554-0568. I hook you up with a great package. Also, if you've noticed, the feed that's going out via YouTube has changed just a little bit. Uh, you will see that uh, we've got the new logo out there, and there's an option there for you to advertise as little as $5. So ask me how. So in, in other words, every day we will superimpose your logo on our YouTube feed so all can see. So y'all check that out as well. Um, so we've got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Of course, like I said, we've got uh, James Barrett coming up here at about 1230 uh, to talk a little bit about what's going on uh, as far as admissions. A lot of people don't realize that college is their, your first installment if your kid was going to college was due this weekend. And a lot of parents are not paying it. And that's got to be tough on a small college like Arkansas Baptist College. So we're going to give them a little love today, okay? Uh, Also, uh, as I opened the show, that quote that I gave, you get your freedom by letting your enemy know that you're willing to do anything to be free, then and only you will be free. That was by Malcolm X. And... The story broke yesterday. Well, the story didn't break, but at least the video broke yesterday while we were late in the show about uh, Ahmaud Arbery and how he was gunned down. Now, I've known about this story now for quite some time. Uh, I remember it when it was was released. Here's a little backstory, and we're going to talk about this more after our guest. But I know a lot of people have become desensitized to this. They get frustrated, frustrated. They don't want to talk about it at all. But we have to continue to highlight these stories because this was an ex-police officer and his son who hunted this young man and gunned him down on a public street. And the backstory is that he was jogging, which he loved to do. It reminded me, and it bothered me so badly because back when I lived in Little Rock, one of the things that I did often was run. Uh, That was how I stayed in shape. And I would often run with nothing but a pair of gym shorts on with no shirt because back then I had a little body. You know, I was was kind of showing it off. And I I lived on 6th Street, and I would run from 6th Street all the way up Markham, uh, all the way down to uh, Fair Park, uh, come through Fair Park, and go all the way over to 12th Street, run all the way back, and end up back at 6th Street. It was a pretty good run. And it just made me wonder how many times that could have happened to me as a black man, or b- back then a young black guy. I was about 21, 22, 
running every day to stay in shape. And that's what this young man was doing. He was minding his own business. He wasn't doing anything except exercising. And he ran through a white neighborhood where they looked at him suspiciously. Uh, and two of the, these two men decided to get in their truck and follow him and accost him and gun him down in the middle of the street. Now, the only way we, we knew the story, but we had no evidence, but apparently this is evidence that was just released by a motorist who apparently, and I would love to hear from that motorist, what made that motorist decide that he or she, because we don't know what gender, to videotape this. And what that says to me, that that motorist knew something nefarious was going on because they wouldn't have decided to take their camera out. I mean, we see people jogging all the time. We don't take our cameras out and video them. So that motorist must have heard some back and forth with those, the, the occupants of that truck and Brother Arbery. Uh, and unfortunately, there is, this is a small town. Uh, the DA at the time had refused to prosecute. Uh, the argument was that it was self-defense. Clearly, what you saw in that video is not self-defense. But defense from what? Well, <laughs> exactly. Here's a man running down the street. You're in a truck. You've got a pistol and a shotgun. Your son has a shotgun. You have a pistol. So what are you defending? Your, and number one, you're chasing him. Mm-hmm. See, that has always been my argument with the Trayvon Martin thing that nobody seemed to pay attention to that was not argued in court. Trayvon Martin was minding his own business. He was on the phone. You see what I'm saying? He was minding his own business. He was accosted by a terrorist. At that point, Trayvon Martin had the right to defend himself. Trayvon Martin had a right to stand his ground, not that murderer. The same thing applies here, that this man was minding his own business. He was hunted, he was chased, and he was murdered. And the DA decided not to press charges. The sheriff, if I remember correctly, because I read this story a while back, had decided that they would not press charges. They would not make an arrest, and they eventually recused themselves from this, this matter. I believe there have been three city officials that have recused themselves for whatever reasons, which means that if it's so inbred in that town that no one could look at that and see it's a murder, then that trial does not need to be held in that town, period. So we'll see how this goes, but it's frustrating to me. It should be to you. But more importantly, I'm going to ask the same question that every time one of these things happen, just like the, y'all, y'all don't know about the guy who was shot dead in California that was in Walmart who had a plastic baseball bat, do you? Y'all have become desensitized to this. And this is exactly what they want. Y'all, y'all don't get that. It goes back to this weekend and all those terrorists storming capitals across this country with guns and ammo and a black boy walking down the street with a basketball will be shot dead because he's a threat. I don't know, man. I guess because I was off a week. I'm a little raw this week. But I'm just, I'm tired of this, man. You ought to be tired of it. You ought to be willing to do anything. You ought to be willing to do anything to get your freedom. Anything. But you're not. 
and it continues to happen day in and day out. Day out. And then you all want to try to pretend like, oh, and, and here's what irritates me about this. They claim that they had video of, of Ahmaud Arbery breaking into a house. Now, if you had that video, you would have released that video. Now, how is he breaking into a house and he has on a T-shirt and gym shorts? Who had, who had video? According to the police there. He was broken into a house? According to what they're saying. That's a lie. Of course it's a lie. So if he was breaking into a house, where's the video? Or if he's breaking into a house, what did he break in with and what house did he break into? <laughs> exactly. Let's, let's talk and about it. And what did he take? But this, this is how, this, I, I, think, I think what we have to be mindful of is that as black folks, what we've done is we've normalized mm-hmm. these kind of events. Exactly. Right? And I, I don't agree that we've normalized it, but okay. Well, yeah, I'll okay. say we become desensitized. I'll say okay, that. I'll, I'll okay. go with that. But either way, so what the police have learned is that when Pookie and Bebe kill each other, right, we always say, quote, unquote, I'm throwing up air quotes, well, they shouldn't have been out there doing what they were doing, which means it's okay for them to die. Mm-hmm. So what do the police do as soon as they shoot somebody? They tell us that what? He was a what? A criminal. Therefore, making it okay for them to kill him, and everybody should go on about their day. I'm just saying, <laughs> you can't keep normalizing this and making it seem like it's a normal, it's a normal occurrence in our community, and not ever have any outcry, and then expect all of a sudden when somebody else gets shot that it's supposed to be an issue. Because the only difference between that brother who got shot and Pookie and Bebe who get shot, what's the difference? There's no difference. They both black. That's one common denominator. They they are black males. So if one black male ain't worth nothing on Monday, that other black male ain't worth nothing on Tuesday. That's something we got to deal with. That's something we got to deal with within our community. I agree. I agree because you're exactly right. We should we should be just as outraged that last weekend a 11-year-old boy, black boy, who had his life ahead of him was murdered by his stepfather. Yeah. We ought to be outraged about that. I am. Don't you but see that don't use that as an example. Use the example of the brother who was shot in Spanish John apartments. Because again, the point is we can't we can't determine who is worthy of being uh, lifted up and who's not. Because one shooting, regardless of what he is, the one common denominator is that he's black. So at the end of the day, anybody who black who gets shot, we should be outraged, regardless. I agree. I agree totally. Uh, I just. So, what does outrage look like to you? I mean, there, I think people are outraged. No, you're not well, outraged. Well, if you, to me, if you're outraged, that 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 should put you into the mood to do something. Well, give you a great example. Let me let me tell you how outrage should look. So, if somebody puts up a, um, if somebody puts up a, pay, a GoFundMe page to fund a fight against this police department or against this city. And black folks don't contribute, you ain't outraged. Because you're still talking the same stuff, but your lips are moving, mm. but you ain't doing nothing. So if somebody puts up a GoFundMe page for a legal defense team to fight this, and you don't put no money in, you ain't outraged. You saying that his life is no you're no more valuable than anybody else? Well, well, it's just any case, any it's case. just spur you to well, action. Let's look at it this way. Right. So if you look at what happens when a white police officer shooting kills a black man. And they set up a GoFundMe page before midnight. They didn't raise a half a million dollars. 
To defend the officer. Right. To defend the officer. Mm-hmm. Now, black folks, they ain't putting up nothing. There's no GoFundMe pages to do anything ever. Because what you're saying is, while you run your mouth, if you don't put your money in it, it ain't really real. It don't really matter if you ain't put no money to it. That's anything. Well, so there's a demo- there's a demonstration today in Brunswick on the street that he was killed. So Yeah, a, the demonstration is great, but again I'm just telling I mean we people we can do outrage the way they know. It's not how you define it. Well what they know. That that's that's a good point. Are you know do you know Brunswick, Georgia? I do. So what about Brunswick, Georgia? I mean, it's a small town. It is very white, racialized. No, it's not all white. Fifty-fifty. It may not be fifty-fifty, but um, it's very racialized, and um, people are quite oppressed there, black folks, and you know they struggle to have a voice. But people get used to living that way. You know, you can't just expect people to have outrage when they have been um, brutalized and their tongues cut out for centuries. Well, they're scared. But but that that makes an, that's an excellent point. But collectively, yeah. we ought to be outraged. Right beyond you, we, Brunswick. It, is it what shouldn't you're exactly. It's not just Brunswick. This is happening all over this country. This is happening in cities all over this country. I'm saying oh, that. You saw the cop last, yesterday in New York, what he did? Uh, exactly. Yeah. You see, so this continues to happen. And until we, that's why that Malcolm quote, and at the end of the show, I'm going to read the full quote. But that's why that quote Malcolm says, you get your freedom by letting your enemy know that you're willing to do anything to be free. We're not willing to do anything to be free. Well, people, people are saying that if they protest, that's a form of action. Really? And I'm just going to say that I understand what you're saying, and I'm not saying it's not a form of action. Not saying is it effective? I'm not saying it's not a form of action. All I'm saying is this is not 1948. Is it this effective? This is not 1958, and this is not 1968. If you want to grease these wheels, you got to get some oil. And the way you get some oil is you got to spend a little change. I know people don't want to hear that. But that's the truth. What do you mean? I, I mean, I don't think people disagree with that. Or, or you got to stop I mean, spending think, change. Um, I mean, I'm not trying to lift up any specific organizations, but a lot of the cases that have been won were through collective resources. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. By the NAACP, by ACLU. NAACP. What NAACP do? Hey, we'll, we'll get into that. We we gotta take a break. We gotta take a break. We gotta get our guest on. Hold your horses. We'll, we'll, we'll don't start that. <laughs> Did she say NAACP? Okay, ACLU. It, it reminds me of a of a post that I made about Barack Obama this morning, and everybody came for me, but they couldn't. They ACLU says for ain't a colored life useless. Oh, Robert, stop. Well, that comes from a perspective of not understanding the totality of work. So oh, that's the we'll totality leave there. of work. We'll leave there you go. Ooh, she come in lopping today. Come in lopping Ned. I've missed she, her. Hey, I have to. I, ha- I haven't had a good head lopping in a while. I know she come in here lopping. Yeah. I will no, leave you in your ignorance. No, but I know the ignorance. work of ACLU. Yeah, that, so. I mean, they do hard stuff, and yes, they've done what things that stuff? are not kosher, but they've come to terms with that. Too. 
All right, yeah. all right. So let's let's uh, take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk to our guests. Uh, back in a moment, you listen to Black Focus Radio on JoanetRadio.com. <laughs> oh Jesus. The Law Offices of James F. Swindoll provides our clients the personal care and attention that larger law firms cannot offer. Our experienced attorneys have brought hundreds of cases to verdict in state and federal court and recovered millions for our clients. If you or a loved one have been injured or have property wrongfully damaged, we may be able to help. Do not hesitate to contact our firm anytime for a free attorney consultation. Call one 1- 800-848-1290. That's 1-800-848-1290. Or email inquiries at arkansas-personal-injury.com. Our law offices are centrally located at 212 Center Street in Little Rock. That's the law offices of James F. Swindoll personal injury and products liability attorneys serving Arkansas since 1977. Hello to quality time at Marco's. Hello to the best part of the day and to making someone else's. Say hello to late nights and to the best night ever. These are the primo moments, and they call for Italian quality pizza. Dough made from scratch every day. Sauce with a history in the making from the original Giamarco recipe. Say hello to an authentic favorite. Every store, every day, the Italian way. Hello, primo. Hey fans, are you looking for the best chicken wings in the city? Then look no further than Great American Wings, located at 3230 Colonel Glen Road in Little Rock. Getting ready for the big game? It's Great American Wings. Getting ready for dinner for the family? It's Great American Wings. Lunch, dinner, or snacks? It's Great American Wings. No matter the size of your group or the flavor of your wings, Great American Wings got you covered. Call today at 501-406-7134 to place your order. Are you on a tight schedule and don't have time to stop by Great American wings don't fret call us up and we'll deliver your favorite flavors right to your front door that's why we are called great american wings because we aim to please don't miss out on the best wings in the city it's great american wings located at 3230 Colonel Glen road right here in little rock open daily from 10 a.m to 9 p.m great american wings is guaranteed to offer you something that'll tickle your taste buds you've tried the rest now try the best it's great american wings I'm Rizal Aaron. We invite you to join us for the Power of Justice broadcast every Tuesday and Thursday from 11 a.m. till 12 noon right here at JoyNet Radio Studios where we talk about issues concerning civil rights, human rights, social justice, and all of the areas that impact civil rights and human rights in Arkansas but also across the country. Tell a neighbor, tell a friend every Tuesday and Thursday right here at JoyNet Radio, beautiful downtown Little Rock, Arkansas. We look forward to seeing you on the radio. Welcome back to the show, Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices. 855-525-5683 is the number. Uh, we are expecting a call from James Burrell, who is the Dean of Admissions 
over at Arkansas Baptist College. So we'll look forward to that here in the next few minutes. But in the meantime, let's go ahead and continue the conversation that we were discussing prior to the break. I had to separate the two and push them to their perspective corners. You know, Tracy coming in there head lopping. But here's the point that I'm making with all of this is that we see these things happen on a regular basis, okay? And nothing seems to be done because if it was, they continually happen over and over again. So the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So I'm simply saying at this point is that those old tried and true methods that we've been through, that we've accomplished, that we've done, they don't work anymore. So there's time to flip the script here. There's time to do something different. And, you know, I think both of you all make excellent points. But my thing is that until black people do something radical, and it doesn't mean mean violent, because when you say that, some black people think that you got to be violent. But there are violent things you can do, like with your dollars, that can change the whole outcome of how people view you. People forget that during the 60s, nothing changed. Martin Luther King, I believe, started marching in 1959. Nothing changed until we started affecting their pocketbooks. Because that's the only thing they understand. Look what's happening right now with this COVID-19 thing. Oh, we got to get back to the economy because that's affecting their pocketbooks. Look what's happening in colleges who are complaining that they're not get, they didn't get the revenue from uh, the basketball tournament this year. That's because it affected their pocketbooks. Now, $1.4 trillion annually. If you want to affect change in this city, the only thing, I agree, it's about money. Robert says that all the time. We just simply don't understand how to use that money. Let me say this, because you know, I get tired of everybody sending me texts, but all I think about is money. So as an advocate, the one thing I learned as an advocate and all the stuff we did, the one thing I learned was no matter what we did, no matter what it was, the one thing we always lacked was money. The one thing we always lacked to either push it further or to get more was money. Now, don't get me wrong. Did we get a lot of things done? Yeah, we did. But we could have got a hell of a lot more done had we had some money. All right. Uh, let's go to the phones. Is this uh, Mr. B- Burrell? Yes, it is. Hey, how you doing? Thank you for joining Black Focus Radio. How are you doing today? <laughs> All right. I'm doing good. Great. Uh, hey, I, we just wanted to take a few moments out uh, of the show. We talk about a lot of issues around Little Rock, and quite often we forget about the smaller universities like Shorter like uh, or, or Arkansas Baptist uh, or even UAPB for that matter. And we like to Don't focus about Philander. And Philander as well. Uh, we like to focus on the big schools and how things affect them. So I just wanted to reach out to you a little bit and try to get a little insight on how are you guys dealing with this COVID-19 pandemic? Uh, Well, we are adjusting um, as everybody across the nation is adjusting um, based upon case-by-case situation. But however, uh, we have all of our classes have been converted to online classes. Um, So students still have opportunity to enroll this summer with us um, via online. We have our, our summer one has already begun. Our summer two starts on June 1st, and our summer three starts on June 29th. So students can still enroll with us. It'll just be an online um, option, and it won't be a face-to-face instruction going on. 
um, with our offices. Uh, we're still in the offices working, so students can contact us via email or by phone. Um, we've been working diligently with the students and the guidance counselors. Um, a kudos to the guidance counselors that are working from home that are sending us transcripts and test scores and missing documents of the students that we need so we can process them and get them ready for the fall semester. Uh, in your mind right now, uh, do you think that there will be an on-campus fall semester or will you all continue to, I guess you could say, shelter in place as is? Uh, in my mind, I, as I listen to the news, I think there will be some form of uh, on-campus instruction. Um, I think there will be major adjustments, uh, probably be smaller class sizes um, to ensure that we have the uh, social distances in between students. Uh, we may even have to make some adjustments with our, our residence hall livings there as well. Um, but as I listen to the news and watch and pay attention to what's going on within the higher education realm, I think there will be some form of face-to-face -face on campus. It's just not going to be as we knew it back um, before March. Could you talk a little bit about the, uh, the student population, the, uh, the types of students that you serve over at Arkansas Baptist College? Uh, well, we serve a variety of students. Uh, we uh, serve students that are local students, uh, out-of-state students, um, first-generation, many of them are first-generation students. Um, so we serve, uh, serve a variety of different type of students. Um, we provide them with the education and opportunity and support that they need so that they can come here and be successful. Um, we want our students to come here and obtain a four-year degree. Um, stay for four years and graduate so that they can be successful and productive citizens um, once they leave Arkansas Baptist College. This weekend, I was listening to uh, MSNBC, and uh, they stated that this was the first weekend to make the down payment for the fall semester as it relates to most universities around the country. Did, did that apply to you guys as well? And what where can you give us any insight on where payments are as it relates to your students due to the pandemic? Uh, well, yes. Uh, May first is the national uh, unofficial official national decision day across the United States for uh, college uh, future high school uh, students um, making a decision on the schools that they're planning to attend. Um, Across the board, not only with us, but other, my colleagues that I've spoken with, um, their confirmation and enrollment fees are down a little bit. Um, I think parents are basically waiting to see what schools are planning to do for the upcoming semester so that they can make their decisions as far as making that payment. Um, we've started seeing an increase in our payments coming in. Um, so if we have students, parents listening out there for for us, uh, the, it's starting to increase. So I would say get your enrollment fee in sooner than later while space is still available. A couple other questions, Brother Burrell. Appreciate you joining us. We're talking to James Burrell. He's the dean of admissions over at Arkansas Baptist College. Although my kids have grown and they are, they are through with college. Thank God! <laughs> you know, but um, as a parent, if I'm a parent based on what is going on now with this pandemic? How or what can you say to assure me 
that when my child comes to your campus, that he or she is going to be safe as it relates to these health concerns. Now, that's not just, I'm not singling you guys out, but this is the question I think universities are going to have to answer and answer significantly across the country if parents are going to, number one, cut that check, and then number two, send their babies back to campus? Uh, well, that's a great question because um, I actually have a cousin whose um, daughter is in school um, in another state. And because that particular state did not do, did not close the doors and didn't do anything proactively, he's contemplating if he's going to send his daughter back to that school and have her just do online courses at the community college. Um, so for parents that are thinking those situations, you need to really speak to the schools, um, look at the state that they're going to, to see if the state actually took any measures to close down to make it safer for the students to return. Also, along with that, um, at with us, we're, we'll be sanitizing and making sure that our students uh, follow the social distancing um, that are put in place. Um, we're going to be talking about how we're going to do our dorm, again, our residence halls to make, ensure that we have that social distancing, um, the sanitizing, the face masks, um, so that when students do come on campus, um, that we are prepared for them, prepared to have them safe, um, to have them secured while they get a quality education. Now, on the other hand, as much as we and all institutions do to make preparation for this, we need the students to be diligent in making sure that they're following those guidelines as well. Uh, we don't need the students saying, well, I'm away from home. I don't have to follow those guidelines. Those same guidelines still apply to, to you, even though you're away and at our campus, um, because um, example of what happened in Florida when they didn't follow the guidelines at the beach during spring break. That can create a, a, a chaos for any institution if the students don't follow the guidelines. What type of punishment, because you make an excellent point, and I'm going to let you go on this after this question, but you make an excellent point because we've even seen here in Little Rock a, a couple of weekends ago where the kids out, uh, and not just kids, but adults as well, just, you know, they just bum rush the parks. They don't seem to be wanting to follow the guidelines as it relates to set, being set up by uh, the doctors, the scientists, and so on and so forth. Uh, we've even seen some states to go as far in cities to arrest people for opening and doing things that they normally wouldn't do. Are, are you all set or ready to institute some form of punishment for students who refuse to obey uh, the, uh, the social distancing and other guidelines set forth to try and help uh, 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 at least uh, mitigate some of the risk of COVID-19? Uh, well, we haven't gotten in that deep of discussion of repercussions, but one thing that is um, if a person is diagnosed, uh, we are talking about basically sending them home immediately. So so are you all going to be testing, like taking temperatures like some of the people are doing? or How are you, have you all set up a process of uh, trying to diagnose students or will you just wait until a kid says, hey, I'm not feeling good and yada, yada, yada? 
Well, actually, we're having that discussion um, in the upcoming meeting very in the very near future. But one of the topics is that staff will be prepared um, to be taking temperatures of our students. All right, Mr. Burrell. Hey, we appreciate you joining us. Tell us why you love Arkansas Baptist College. Well, I'm very new here. I've gotten here in January, and I've fallen in love not only with the city but with the, the college as well. Uh, we provide a great opportunity for students to come and get a chance to grow. Um, right now we're smaller numbers, but we're about to be powerful once we grow this enrollment. Um, we offer 13 programs here at the, at the institution. We offer scholarships. Uh, we still have space available for those uh, students that um, want to come to school. And we have a space available for those transfer students that may not want to go back to their home institution due to the uh, pandemic. Um, and for those transfer students, we also have uh, transfer scholarships. So if you want to come to us, we have transfer scholarships, freshman scholarships. Our doors are open for you. I said I was going to let you go, but one other quick question. <laughs> Do you have any programs designed for older uh, uh, people who want – to maybe go back to school or maybe start a uh, a different uh, um, discipline? Uh, those older students, we have the same opportunities. Um, but we are in the process of waiting on approval for online degrees that we can offer uh, uh, across the nation. So those students, that, older students that tend to work and unable to physically come on campus, uh, as soon as we obtain approval, we will be uh, offering those options so that those students um, can enroll in us as well. All right, Brother Burrell, appreciate you joining the show. And, hey, we'll be in touch. Uh, keep keep okay. us up to date on what's going on over at Arkansas Baptist College. All right. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Oh, no doubt about that. And glad to talk to you. 855-525-5683. That was James Burrell, who was the, the dean of admissions at Arkansas Baptist College. And, you know, they're, they're dealing with stuff just like these big colleges are concerned. The problem is they don't have the money that a lot of these larger colleges have. And uh, these, exactly endowed. That's why it was so horrendous that Harvard would take that stimulus money when they had a $41 billion endowment. And they would take taxpayers' money that was designed for small businesses. It just boggles my mind sometimes uh, how those things happen. Uh, 855-525-5683 is the number. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. We've got a few more minutes to go in this hour. Um, you know, uh, I tell you what, we'll leave the new strain of the COVID virus for next hour. Uh, I just leave it alone, period. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm sorry. It's news. We have to talk about that. Okay. No, we don't. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about uh, there have been four more lawsuits filed against Chief Humphreys uh, again. <sighs> Jesus Christ. And, you know, I, I saw your post last night, Robert, uh, on, 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 on this post, and I thought it was kind of, you know, curious. But Russell King, Christopher McCauley, Rusty Rothwell uh, and Candace Halls all have filed complaints against Chief Humphrey at the uh, Pulaski County Circuit Court. And it's pretty clear to me what's going on. And apparently some of the people on that post didn't get it. Uh, this is a roundabout way for the FOP, in my opinion, to go after Chief Humphreys. Apparently he's doing some things they don't like and 
they're trying to run it out of town, and I think we made that point yesterday. Well, whenever you try to change the culture of a police department that's used to doing whatever it wants to do, however it wants to do it, then Abusing you're going to get pushback. Yeah, you're going to get pushback. You're going to get. You're definitely going to get pushback, and that's what this is. This is pushback, because at the end of the day, I want to. I want to read this letter, and I meant to read it yesterday. But I want to read this letter. I got this letter from a from a very concerned citizen who was really concerned about the police in Little Rock. She was more disappointed than concerned, I should say. Let me find this letter, okay. It says, my friend had a situation with their son and and ended up calling 911 several times within 35, 40 minutes and had been told no officers were available in the area. So I volunteered to go to the substation and get help. Upon my arrival around 6 p.m., today I noticed an African-American officer headed toward a car from where I was parked, could only see two officers at that time, I got out of my truck, walked around the corner to where several officers, all Caucasian, were standing, some social distancing, some not, one female, and about 10 to 12 males. As I walked up, I observed food, beverages in a corner on the right side of the door. One male officer looked at me, then moved away, although I, was no, although I knew where I was. I knew I was nowhere near him. After saying, excuse me, got my glasses. I ain't got to do that. I just said, excuse me. They were talking amongst themselves and standing there, getting awkward. What was that? I just said, excuse me, and standing there, look, standing there, getting awkward. Someone, someone finally acknowledged my presence. I told them that my friend needed help, and they had called 911 several times, only to be told that there weren't any officers available in our area at the time. I said, we need help, and we need it right now. He asked me for the address. I gave him the address. One of them radioed in, and another said they were just waiting on the call to come through, and officers would be there as soon as possible. It sounded and looked like a bunch of nonsense. By the time I got back to the uh, house and let them know what was going on, 10 minutes later, over an hour from from the first 911 call, two officers arrived. One looked like the female officer that was standing outside with the rest and the other, I can't remember seeing his, his face or not. I mean, come on, man. This is the kind of stuff that, that Humphrey's fighting against, but these guys are fighting him because he's fighting just, just so we can get better service. Just so we can get, just so we can have a quality police force. Wait, and don't we pay taxes? We pay for this. We pay for this abuse. Mm-hmm. We single-handedly fund it. So these are the things that the man is fighting for Yet, everybody's against him. Why would the FOP be against having a better police force? Well. Why would they? Come on, David. You can answer that question. You don't want to play golf with him, not me. Ooh. Okay. Don't don't go there with, with me on that. Here's uh, the funny thing about it. Jokes. <laughs> Here's the funny thing about it is that they don't really give a damn about Little Rock. You don't live in Little Rock. 80% of those guys don't live in Little Rock. So why should I care about them? I need to be able to go to Little Rock to do what I want to do. That's their mentality. That's what I've observed. That's what many people have talked about since I moved back to this city. And it's clear to me, you know, as I look at this article on KARK, uh, it clearly states, Officers with the Fraternal Order of Police are calling on Mayor uh, Little Rock to investigate potential wrongdoings of uh, Chief Keith Humphreys. 
Why would the fraternal order of police be going after one of their own? They're doing it's, what they do. It's clear that they don't like what Chief Humphreys is doing. It's clear that they are mad because, as he said right here on this show, that I decided to shake some things up. We talked about this yesterday. Where he didn't say shake up. He just said he, he wanted to make some changes. You can't well, have, that's shaking you up. You can't have right. people in the same department for 30-plus years and then have family members in those same departments. That creates a- Exactly. Issue. Exactly. Conflict so, of interest. Conflict of interest. Nepotism. Uh, whatever you want to call it. But again, here we are. I, I don't think I've – look, I haven't lived in every city. But rarely, typically the chief and the uh, FOP are walking, uh, you know, in lockstep. Buckner walked in lockstep with him. Exactly. But we know who Buckner is, though. But we exactly. look at the Buckner results. Exactly again. So – uh, again, this should be frustrating to everyone. And look, uh, if I'm the mayor, uh, no, I'm not going to investigate him. And I, you know I, the Buckner results in Syracuse. Uh, exactly. Boy, they they boy, they going after him. But here's the thing. You know, I don't think I've ever seen anyone investigated because they had a bad credit debt. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I don't get that. You know, I'm going <laughs> to say this again because essentially – we're having the same conversation, but the, but the roles are just flipped. This is the same thing you were saying about Melania Trump the other day. I mean, why was all that relevant? This has nothing to do with Melania Trump. I'm just saying it's about when you get it when you when you get into people's personal lives. This has nothing for, to do with that Melania ain't for, Trump. that ain't for public discussion. Okay. Whatever that man but did with the, that, we don't we don't know you, the true did story. Did you get the Did you get the pictures I sent to you of Melania? Thank you very much. She's uh, a very nice person. Totally uh, inappropriate. <laughs> Uh, no, I, 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 I actually it. let me. I said Trace, thank you, Tra- I was just saying Tracy. Thank let you. me tell you what the picture was. No, don't you, tell me. No, I don't want to be trust in that me. conversation. No, just trust me. Mm-mm. It was the picture of the last six first ladies, who were obviously dressed nice. And he made sure to send me one that she was. And not. then there was a picture of Melania. I'm just saying, I didn't make the meme. Okay, I just, I was just forwarding it. But uh, but back to Chief Humphreys. I'm not participating. I, I'm just simply saying it's what ought to bother Little Rock citizens mm-hmm. is the fact that – let me ask you, who are the head of the FOP? Um, Jesus. Ronnie, Ronnie Morgan. And I can't think of uh, the other guy's name. Does Ronnie Morgan live in Little Rock? No. I don't think Rennie lives in Little Rock. Okay. So what should bother Little Rock people is the fact that these guys don't even little, live in Little Rock. They don't even have a vote. They can't even vote in Little Rock. They have no political. But, but they, have, they have a stronger sway with your city board than you do. I, but that's my point. You're, taking, you're, you're saying but exactly what I'm saying. Again, let me say this again because I, I think it's important that we understand what we're dealing with. You're talking about a union that their job, again, their job is to protect their members at all costs. I don't care. And that's what they do. Uh, that that might be what their they're job doing. Is not to make sure that you're safe, Dave. Uh, I, I, I totally understand that. But what I'm simply saying to Little Rock citizens is that a group of people who don't even live in Little Rock, who don't even pay taxes in Little Rock, are trying to dominate what goes on in Little Rock through your city government, that should concern it. whether you white, whether you black, whether you Republican or Democrat. That should concern 
all of us. Right. And why it doesn't boggles my mind. It just, I, I, may, I, I, I'm just, it's just, I don't understand how you can't get that. Well, if if I if it were me and I wanted you to address the FOP, what I would do is I was a citizen. I would start calling the city board and I would start calling the city board and telling them I no longer want them to take out the to to collect the dues for the FOP. Let the FOP collect their own damn dues. Let them collect their own dues. Let them now, what do you mean by records. that? I mean, explain. The city now currently collects the dues for the city. They collect the dues for the FOP. Why so they, is that? They deduct them out of everybody's check. Has that already always been that way? I don't know. I don't know. But if you want, but that's what I would do. You're not going to, you got, I'm, I got to pay you. I ain't got no choice but to pay you, but mm-hmm. I don't have to pay, I don't have to pay to collect your debt. I don't have to pay to collect your money. You collect your own damn money. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do. If you, if you want to, if you're tired of these guys doing this, make the phone call. Tell your, tell your elected officials you no longer want them collecting FOP dues, FOP or BPOA. Call them and tell them. Let them get their money on their own. Let them get out there and get their money. Now, how will that help or hurt? You'll see. No. Technically, right now, the work has been done for them. Mm-hmm. They've been kick, they're collecting those dues. But if I ain't got to pay you, the only reason these guys, most of these guys, the reason they're taking the money out of their check because they don't even see it. But if I got to write you a check for it, that's just another bill I got to pay. Mm-hmm. Now you become a real bill, mm-hmm. right? You become a bill to me. Now, you don't, now you're not a bill to me. You're just one of my, just one of my de- deductions. So let me ask you a question because that's interesting. Does the city get any of that money that they collect? No. It's just put into their paychecks. So you get deductions. Of your, oh, go it's, ahead, Tracy. It's membership dues. Right. I understand that. So if you're a member of an organization mm-hmm. and your employer is pay, collects the dues out of your paycheck for your membership organization. So they get. It has nothing to do with the city. So they get no administrative fee for collecting no. or nothing like that. No, because it's just, it's just an automatic So what's the deduction. point? Well, I mean, you don't collect the administrative fee to collect health insurance no. payments. Well, they built it in, but to your point, yeah, you're right about that. So. No. Well, I'm, I, I, but, but again, that's why I'm wondering why. You want to get you want to get rid of you you want you you want the, these people to act like they got sense then you got to hit them where it hurts you can't keep doing this so same old we shall overcome get in their pocket sing make them collect sing it. make ahead. them collect their own dues that changed the whole ball game sing it go ahead I know you want to sing it sing what we shall overcome <laughs> you sick no, no. Okay. I don't want to sing it. Talk about education, or you want me to go? No, yeah, we're we're gonna do that in the top of the hour. We just love having you here, Tracy. You know, uh, because you be be trying to lop heads off. No, so all right, so we're gonna take a top of the hour break. When we come back, we'll we'll get Tracy in and then talk a little bit about education and what's going on. Can can you give us some some insight on on Robert's rules of order in North Little Rock? There are none. (laughs) What the hell is going on over there? That made this done totally different. She can't talk about that because they made the they may be defend. No, oh, no. they may. be quiet. No, secret. They can't. So they you can't. can't you yeah. can't nobody tell you anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a silent lopping right there. That's terrible, yeah. man. But anyway, all right, we're gonna take the top of the hour break. That when we get bad. back next hour, we'll talk a little education and what's going on. We haven't had Tracy Ann Nelson in the studio. Uh, in quite some time, so we want to utilize her time as much as possible. Uh, so we'll do that here in just a moment. We really appreciate you joining the show. Don't forget, if you missed any part of the show, uh, you can also download the podcast. Uh, you can go to YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, 
all of those. And if you're listening right now, go ahead and download that app. That way, if you need to go out in the garden, if you need to walk around the building, you can listen to us on your phone or at your desk. It's called Black Focus Radio, our issues, our solutions, our voices on joinetradio.com. Hello to quality time at Marco's. Hello to being a game changer and original. And to those who make it authentic, we say hello with the Founder Select Pizza, Old World Pepperoni, Sliced Italian Sausage, Mushrooms, on dough made fresh every day, and a sauce from the original Giamarco recipe. Hello to an Old World Original. Every store, every day, the Italian way. Hello, Primo. Did you know that 9 out of 10 people like chocolate? And the 10th person always lies. If you're that 10th person, guess what? We've got the special place for you. It's Coco Bell Chocolate. Coco Bell's handcrafted artisan products inspired by southern desserts for a nostalgic taste. For yourself or for the perfect gift, give us a call at 501-943-7570. That's Coco Bell Chocolates. Find out more about our direct services and ordering at CocoBellChocolates.com. Hey, have you heard of COVID-19? Yeah, but I heard black people can't get it, so I'm good. Well, that's absolutely not true, and everyone is at risk of getting and spreading COVID-19. I'm curious, what else have you heard? I'm almost embarrassed to say, but I hear if you spray bleach all over your body, you can kill the viruses that have already entered your body. Wow, that's also not true. Truth is, there's no way to kill the virus because there's currently no cure. What you can do is take preventative measures and wash your hands regularly. Practice social distancing, stay home if you're sick, and clean and disinfect frequently touched surfaces. Note, one more thing. So if I get the flu shot, that won't stop me from getting COVID-19? Correct. Flu shot can protect you from the flu. If you do begin to develop symptoms of COVID-19 like fever, dry cough, shortness of breath, call your doctor and find out if you should get tested. For more ways on how you can protect yourself and your family from COVID-19, visit ARMinorityHealth.com. Arkansas Minority Health Commission. Your health, our priority. Hey folks, are you looking for a place to exchange ideas and talk about the issues that affect our community? Then join me, David W. Coleman, and my co-host, Robert Webb, for Black Focus Radio every Monday through Friday, noon to 2 p.m. on joinatradio.com. We like to say, it's our issues, our solutions, our voices. Download the latest podcast on your favorite platform. Also catch us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. That's Black Focus Radio. Our issues, our solutions, our voices on joinatradio.com. You got it. England and Easter Rock's answer to your aggravation. The Joy Network. The views and opinions expressed today on Black Focus Radio are not the views and opinions of the station, its management, or its advertisers. Now, let's get ready to focus on our issues, our solutions, using our voices on Black Focus Radio. Welcome to Black Focus, the show designed with our community in mind, where we focus on our issues, developing our solutions, using our voices. Central Arkansas, surrounding areas, and the nation. Get ready. Black Focus starts right now. Phone lines open. 
at 855-525-5683. So here's your host, David W. Coleman and Robert Webb. All right, welcome back to the second hour of the show. Of course, uh, Trace Ann Nelson is in with us today. We're going to talk a little education here in just a moment. But in, in light of the joke that she just made <laughs> while we were off air, I hope it was a joke. She's yeah, edumacated. Maybe she was talking to Tracy you know, earlier. I mean, uh, so what's her name? Kellyanne Kelly Conway. Kellyanne Conway earlier. My namesake. Hey, there you go. <laughs> namesake. Kellyanne. So, <laughs> according, this is a report from Fox 13 News. not do this, please. In Memphis, scientists have discovered a new strain of the coronavirus, which is one, they said, appears to be more contagious I really believe if we then the really one believe, originally discovered. I really believe okay. if we leave the corona alone, the corona will leave us alone. Uh, that sound, uh, you're sounding like your president. Oh, okay, I'm just tired of talking. Look, about can this. can There's I just can I just give our listeners some news? Okay, uh, the scariest part about the whole new development is that the new strain of the virus is already in the United States, in all likelihood, here in the mid south. In fact. Those scientists found that the new strain is likely to, to be the dominant strain across the globe and has been since mid-March. A new, more contagious version of the virus turned up in England in February. Quickly, it landed on the shore of the United States. It may explain why it's more contagious here and in Italy than they necessarily saw in China. And that's by Dr. Stephen Threlkel from the Infectious Disease Department at Baptist Hospital. So, let's see. We got COVID-19 version 1. We've got killer hornets. And yesterday, a lady got eaten by an alligator in, in South Carolina. Did y'all hear that story? Man, come on, please. <laughs> you got to hear it. Robert, wait a minute. You got to hear this. Okay. So, the lady goes out. They got a pun in the backyard. Alligator comes out of the pond. She decides she wants to go out and pet the alligator. Now, the people who live there told her that they had seen the alligator yesterday with a deer in its mouth. Okay? The lady says, I'm not a deer. She reaches over to pet the alligator. It grabs a leg, drags her into the pond. Now, I'm not laughing, but it's kind of stupid. So while she's in the mouth of the alligator, they're trying to get her out. They're beating the alligator with a shovel. They, got, they throw a rope to her, and she's hanging on to the rope. And she looks up them and says, well, I guess I won't do this anymore. Anyway, that's news of the you week. You know what? One minute of my life you just wasted to tell me that crazy story. I'm sorry, Robert. It that's is like news. telling me the story about these people who thought it, was, thought it made sense to drink bleach. Really? Well, the president said it was okay. I don't care, man. If the president can says, we move, can we move on? If to the president can says, we, let's talk to Tracy Ann now. Let's talk about education. Okay. If the president says this is okay, Tracy Ann. Hey, Tracy Ann. What you got on the agenda today? Hey, how are you guys? I'm fine. Did you like that story? Let me help you with some real information. Okay. <laughs> here comes the lopping. No, I. You know, always when I come on here, I try to help us focus on the state budget and its impacts across the state, right, as it affects education. But we really have to look broader now because all of the infrastructure that has been built for emergencies to help people when things are rough have been whittled away, right? Mm -hmm. Be it health care, be it unemployment insurance, 
um, be it education. The good news is for this year, the rest of this year, there are no cuts to the public education dollars designated by the state budget. Um, next year, I think we're good also for 2020 to 2021. But what I cannot tell you is what's going to happen to local municipal budgets, which is a part of the funding. You remember schools are funded by there you go schools are funded by talk flip it up yeah, it's yeah, kind of pointed down yeah. there you go schools are funded by there federal state and local taxes right mm -hmm. the state tax is the largest portion of the f education budget but we don't know what's going to happen to local municipal budgets given what's happening in the um with covid 19 but we know that the state budget funds are in place. Over the long term, though, you know, we're we don't know because we you know that for April, there was a two hundred and seventy one million dollar uh, decrease in general tax collections. That's huge. Um, compared to last year, which was what six hundred and eighty eight. Right. Um, so I think that. Well, I know that, I don't know if you guys know, but when the legislature met earlier this year, there was a 4.1% hit to higher ed. Because higher ed does not have the demand and um, constitutional requirement that K through 12 does. So, so we so it's ex a place explain it to us a little bit. Sure. Um, because K-12 has a constitutional mandate the the legislature is required to fund K-12 education. There's no constitutional mandate for higher ed. For higher ed. Okay, got So you. all of higher ed got a four, I think it's 4.1% cut across the board. And did that 4.1% cut go to K-12? No. K-12 is fine. That's what I just said. K-12 is fine. Um, K-12 for 20, 19, 20, and I think 2021 is going to be okay. Um, I can't predict beyond that because we have the adequacy study that will come in and tell us a mm -hmm. whole bunch of stuff. Uh, but let me be clear. Okay. Let me be clear about something. The recommendations that were made for K-12 over the last several years was, you know, whether it be a 2.1% increase or a 1.8% increase, the legislature chose not to fund it to that level, right? Okay, they so... So in a sense, that. it okay. was a cut... Right, because it didn't meet the what was standardized by the Bureau of Legislative Tra Research. Tracy, excuse me one second. For y for those of you who don't know, this is Tracy Ann Nelson. Uh, Miss Nelson is the executive director of the Arkansas Teachers Association. Am I saying no. that correct? Arkansas Education Arkansas Education Educator Association. I apologize. Okay, now please continue, Miss uh, Miss Nelson. <laughs> so foolishness. We know governor extended the deadline for tax collection to July 15th, which matches the federal date. Okay. Right? Um, individual income tax and sales tax are the state's two largest sources of general revenue. Right. So we can't really predict what we're going to collect, you know, in July, but there's going to be an impact because you already know about the um, unemployment that's already occurred in the right, state. Right. Right. Um, I think I want to mention also 
back to all of that infrastructure that was put in place that has been whittled away at, we've had unemployment insurance all across the in the states, right? These are funds when um, people are unemployed, they get to file for unemployment. Right. That they pay for. That they pay for and that their employer contributes also, right? Um, but the legislature has whittled away at the contribution um, and also for the weeks that people were eligible for. So, for example, in 2011, people were eligible to collect 26 weeks of unemployment and it was lowered to 25. In 2015, the cut was to 20 weeks, but also they changed the benefit calculation, right? So not just the number of weeks, but how they calculated the benefit. Which you, which you actually receive, correct? Right, right. exactly. Um, so instead of using the highest quarterly income as the wage base for right. the amount that you'll collect, um, they changed it to the last four quarters, the average of the last four quarters. So if you're a seasonal worker and they use last four quarters, what does that look like? Two dollars? Yeah, depends on the season. Right. <laughs> but it's only going to be one season, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe two. Whereas where it was before, it was the highest quarter, right? So let me ask you a question, just a quick question. What does the, st what does the state actually contribute to this fund? It's all done by employee employer correct no state also contributes money to the what fund. is the is, is that percentage more significant than the percentage could uh, um, contributed by the um by the state i i don't want to tell you the exact number i don't have that with me but okay. i mean it's the three contributions support right when someone is unemployed and need to have some kind of income to make sure they pay their light bill right, you know right. feed their kids pay their rent, right? Got you. Um, and then in 2017, we cut it to 16 weeks. So you're talking about from 2011 to 2017, a change from 26 weeks that you can collect unemployment to 16 weeks. Almost in half. Right. But if you look at all of the pieces, right, so you look at the unemployment insurance, which I just talked about. And by the way, this is not a struggle just in Arkansas. A number of Red states Red have states. been undermining the investment in unemployment insurance. Florida and, and, and Georgia. Well, oh, Georgia was horrible because yeah. it was Can a big fight when quick, I was Quick there. question then. Yeah. Is, is do we see that by them doing that, oh, I'm, I'm sure we're gaining some savings. Are we seeing that savings put somewhere else? No. If they're doing that? No? Saving from what? Well, I'm just saying, if, if, you, if you cut back the contribution, mm -hmm. you have to, when you cut back the contribution, therefore, there's got to be some savings in cutting back the contribution, right? Yeah, if the savings of $180 million in a tax cut that went to people who earned $500,000 oh, or more. Oh, okay. So that's where that went, right? Some of it. Okay. Not all of it. But if you look at that number, right, $180 million tax cut and yet we're struggling with a plummeting budget. Imagine if we had those resources to support the budget. Right. Right? We wouldn't be in such a dark place or, um, you know, such a diminished place. But I think people don't understand how, I, th I hope at least people understand how much um, all of the pieces that have been in place to support citizens to support communities are important 
so that when the legislature comes back into session, people start saying, we need this, we need that, we need the other thing. I mean, the other piece is, is our, the Medicaid expansion, right? Right. Just last year or in 2017, we, Arkansas dropped 30,000 of its citizens from the rules of the Medicaid expansion with that new work requirement. If you don't know, the Medicaid expansion is the same as Arkansas Works or the ACA or Obamacare, right? right. I mean, and essentially that's helping to prop up the budget in our state. But if we don't understand these are the components that support a, the wholeness of a community, right? The security of, stu of children, the security of families, the security of municipalities. I mean, we're showing it now how important those things are. And we've got to go back as citizens and say, we demand these things to be in place. Okay. We demand all of that infrastructure that supports the health of a community to be back in place and stop with that individualism because that is individualism doesn't help us right now. It's right. a collective that we have to live through. Okay, I, I got a quick question, Tracy. Mm -hmm. We talked about, uh, I know it was a few months ago, Dave and I, we had a brief discussion about the state budget. And I found this to be very interesting. So, for this is the revised. This is the um, this is the revised forecast for March twenty March twenty third, twenty twenty, and it says the public school fund is two point one billion dollars. Mm -hmm. If they're not if they're not properly funding education, every of the recommendations made, if they're not properly funding it, are they saying that because they're spending two point one billion dollars on education that they're making a, a significant contribution? to education in the state of Arkansas? No, that fund is, you know, rainy day fund. It's, I mean, I suspect we'll be using it in the upcoming budget cycles. Um, I think we should be glad it's there. Oh, you so know? you're saying this public school fund is something totally different than, yeah, the, it's totally than the actual different. funding of what, what the, so this two yeah. point, so, so this public school fund is not the money that the uh, state spends every year for education. No. And we have also two other funds. Rainy Day Fund, you know, that's at the governor's discretion for any emergency, and a restricted reserve fund um, that can fund specific things. Because as the name suggests, it's restricted to specific items that okay. may be used. But my point is um, public schools are part of the infrastructure that support our community, right, right, and it's an essential part of the infrastructure. And you can go to to all the other components, right? Healthcare is a part of the infrastructure that supports our community. We have to fund it, right? Mm -hmm. People have to have access to it. We can't show up at the hospital and not be able to, to get treated, care, right. right? We, the coronavirus has really shown us that we don't have a healthcare system. Right? It's mm -hmm. people who have insurance and people who don't. Right? Mm -hmm. And those who don't become financially bankrupt. Right. And their whole life is impacted by, you know, not being able to pay their medical bills. But some, well, some people would argue this, that's capitalism. In fact, some people do argue that. That's, that's capitalism. Survival of the fittest. Why, why should we be concerned about that? This is not mm -hmm. a, 
against capitalism. It is <coughs> capitalism and. And capitalism is a component of, of the private sector. Do we still have to have a public sector that supports the infrastructure of our state and of our country? But what are you those saying? Are not, those are not competing interests. But, but some would argue that they are because some would say by funding those programs, that's socialism. Well, then our road is socialist. Turning on water in your house uh, is socialism. We agree. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Flipping on electricity is socialism. Mm -hmm. There has to be components of our life in a community that, we, that are shared and that are shared costs and shared expenses. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm Don't just helping you understand. Oh, I understand. <laughs> oh, 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 just teasing. Oh, oh, oh. Don't lock my head off, oh, oh, oh. Trace. I'm, I'm on your side. I'm just teasing. I'm teasing. I'm just helping you understand. Lord. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. Hang on, man. Let me get my hair. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. I'm teasing. No, but but I'm I'm making those delineations because when you really break it down that way, yeah, you begin to realize that all of it is intertwined. Yes. 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 Tracy, I got more questions because the the great thing about looking at the looking at the state's budget is they have all these things. I mean, you're looking at the state budget. Yeah, the revised budget, and and what they have in here, what's blowing my mind is, um, the Department of Ed gets 15 million dollars. It's just 15 million dollars for Department of Ed. Department of Ed doesn't have any schools. I mean, no, they but they support and op help operate and uh, institute public education throughout the state. And then they need fifteen points. They need fifteen million six hundred seventy-seven thousand five hundred sixty-one dollars to do that. I mean, you know that includes higher ed. It's higher ed and oh, so K higher through ed twelve. Also falls yes. under falls under the yes, Department it's, of Education. Yes, it's okay. all of it. Well, so I would say K through sixteen and above. The, are you familiar with the educational television for the state? AETN. AETN. Mm -hmm. Really. It is playing such an essential role right now, it especially is. for communities that have really um, exactly and always has yes and uh, broadband access that is a challenge in some places. Give them as um, much money AETN, as they need. AETN is filling up the hole and they're doing an excellent job. By the way, the content that they are delivering to students right now is valuable. How do we find this station? It's the public. It's called Channel 2 in Little Rock, or it used to be. Who? You don't watch Channel TV? Channel 2 is PBS. Ch that's it is. But that is AETN. The PBS is the national PBS is part national. of it. AETN, AETN, is, the AETN local. is the local. You Keep will up, find, son. You will find <laughs> those channels <laughs> in, me, in states me. across the country. Okay, that's fantastic. Yeah, I'm, it's I'm doing, so it is right awesome. So, yeah, they get $5.2 million a year. They so should get more. They should get I'm, way more really than that. I really think so. Okay, yeah. that's great. Yes. I don't know. So they are so good, and they're doing such a good job, and they're filling the holes right now of the lack of broadband across and, and the let state. And let me say this, because I think it's important that we have this conversation, because I love how you and Dave always say, oh, they should get more. Well, I don't, I don't agree with people should just get more. I first need to yeah, find out. Yeah, we know you don't oh, agree. No. Uh, first, we need to find out. Capitalists. If they're, if they're properly... <laughs> if they're properly Using the money they're already getting because maybe that's, that's maybe that's such a Republican statement. No. Are they properly using the resources it's two they're already like, it's getting? Two th yeah, we they are. You know how we know because we know our students are being served. They're properly using. How are you? How are you? Okay. See, we're not even had this conversation. And, and they have great. Go, and they and, and they have they have finish. great news hours. Yep. They have great programming yep. as it relates to environment, education, as education. Uh, it is one of history. the history. It is one of the 
best programs in America. It's the and, only place I learned Arkansas history. And and here's the other thing. <laughs> if you know it's if, if Republicans are against it, you know it's serving a greater good for the minorities. You know it is. And Republicans have been trying to destroy the public broadcasting system mm-hmm. for decades now. Let me say this. I hear you How about you, Robert. you know the assessment. Don't be ashamed of yourself. Assessment I'm about saying. about the use of resources and that is no waste. That's such a, that's such a um, standard statement for undermining public infrastructure. I want you to understand how that does. Well, let me explain. And I'm not saying that there shouldn't be uh, assessment. And of course, um, you always want to assess and improve and get better over time. Listen. But the minute you start talking about waste and da 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 da, oh, it yeah. means that you are saying that they're doing something wrong. They're not saying they're doing anything wrong. Yeah, but it is. That's what it, waste. that's what it infers. A- as an advocate, uh, oh, when we were working with you're an summary, advocate now. I said today. as I'm not an advocate anymore. Okay. But when I was, the the one thing I learned after after learning the budget of the city was that was that was what everybody would say. Oh, that's a great that's a great thing. It's done great stuff. They should give it more. Well, what you find out is, is that, yeah, it did great things, but guess what? It could do great things for half the price. But, again, those conversations were never had. I'm not saying that's the case here, guys. I'm just saying that we have these conversations, but there are things that we need to be conscious of. People are people do in government. People waste money in government. It is obvious. People waste money in life. What is your point? Well, more so in government because no, they, 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 they waste they money in private with. companies also. What are you talking about? Okay, so it's not. I'm, I'm not saying it's good or unfortunately, bad. Unfortunately, I don't contribute to private com- to private companies in that way. Yeah, you I do. You walk the in state. the store and you buy I contribute stuff. to the state. Right? Stop talking crazy. Tracy Ann, just come in here. Why you because what in? you're saying makes absolutely How does it make no, no sense? sense. <laughs> How does it make no sense? So you're saying you're saying that every yeah yeah kill me. So you're saying that every Ooh. government entity is spending money wisely. No, I'm saying that there is nothing that's ever perfect, and to es- to expect it to be is to undermine its ability to do what it does best. Yeah. That's what I'm I saying. I agree with Trace Ann on that one. Of course you would. Well, what do you mean, always, of course I would? You're kissing up to Trace Ann. I am That's not. You, do. you never. Trace oh. Ann can come in here and tell you the sky's falling. You'd be like, Trace, where are we going? Where are we going? You, you well, just got, you that's just like not that, true. Man. Yeah, it is. God. Look how she said that while she patted you on your head. You're just <laughs> jealous. That's all. Well, she patted you on your head. No, my point is, Trace Ann, I really believe, I really, I really agree with you and Dave. I think that. I think I, because I don't know the station, but the only point I wanted to make was, is yes, of course there is always there's always ways to do things better. My concern is Tracy Ann's always coming here telling us how every year, these people, these the uh, the the House and the Senate, they never agree to give us pro- to properly fund education. True, I do say that. I now, tell you, we ask for the. It's not even what we ask for. It's what the data says is needed. It's needed. If the budget needs a 2.1% increase and you only give it 0.01. And I you're not funding. You're not, you, so you, you are funding exactly what you're getting. So the state of Arkansas is not properly funding education. Then they are get we are we are giving the kids the kind of education they fund and nobody's calling them out on that. That is not true. They get called so? out all the time. But here's the challenge for us in education. Education is the largest part of the state budget. Mm-hmm. And so people weaponize that as 
you're getting enough, so stop it, right? And even though there is a uh, requirement that education is supposed to be funded before you look at anything else, right? Right. Um, not everybody can do that. No, n I think the state tries to do that, but you know, it's hard for a, a legislature in a community where you know they have a number of senior citizen centers to focus on education when that's where they want to focus. You see what I'm saying? I, so I, I hear I, that, I mean, Trace, but I, I, I got to disagree with you on that because I think if they really wanted to fund the school system, they would. Reason that they don't do it is because they look at it as funding black kids. If those were white kids, no, there would, no, that would, that. would be no issue in funding the school system. Case that. in point, that's why we hear charter schools. That's why we hear voucher. All of that stuff is to fund but white flight. But you got the majority of black kids who go to charter schools. Aren't they made, aren't they made a majority of uh, black students, Tracy? No. no. Where'd you get that? I don't know. Where'd you get that from? I didn't know. I thought they were. No? No. I don't know. I can't say yes or no, but I know that there are a number of charter schools that are utilized by black families, yes. Okay. I, I agree with that. But my point being is that if they want, if that was a predominantly white education, yep. a white education system, we would have no issues of funding their schools. You All you got to go is go and look at uh, conclaves across this country that are predominantly white. They have no issues when it comes to funding their school systems. It's only when well, those school systems are serving majority black and brown kids that all of a sudden we got to start cutting budgets. You know, that's what bothers me about this whole process. But that's my two cents. I'll be okay, quiet. so uh, if you want to look at the state budget, go to, D, go to dfa.arkansas.gov. And it should come right up for you. So you're going to take a look at that budget. So you need to say the name of DFA. What is that? DFA. No, just just type in dfa.arkansas.gov, and it'll take you right to the budget, or it should. Yeah. Type it in and see if it works. If it doesn't, hit me back. But I, I see down here the mayor, the uh, mayor, the governor, his rainy day fund is $15 million. Does he get that every year? Really? Gets fifteen million dollars to spend at his discretion however he wants to. Every does it does it build up or does he have to spend it every year? I think it's built up. I, I don't remember. You know, whenever the revenues are strong, you don't really need to use it, right? Right. Well, I, I'm curious. What is the budget, or or is it listed in there what? about the er, the attorney general's office and its discretionary funds? Why? Because she's using it for ads on TV. Why would you think I'd be bringing that up? <laughs> and the I, internet. I, I'm just wondering, you know, because, uh, yeah, that's exactly what she's doing. Is she's using that taxpayer's dollars to keep her name in the mm -hmm. forefront So because she's planning to run for governor. This ain't, this ain't rocket science, science here. So, Again, that's a waste of taxpayers' dollars. Those are things that we ought to be looking at. There, there are plenty of ways you can cut money. That's a case in point that we don't look at because we try to, they try to throw the wool over your eyes and say, oh, well, you need to look at this. You need to look at education. You need to look at prisons. No, the problem is that you all are ciphering money, just like that $150 million tax cut. They spent this last session trying to figure out where they're going to find $208 million. Well, why don't you stop the tax cut? Duh. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I said I was going to get off my soapbox. Well, I, the other <sighs> part to that is no one's asking that question, right? 
But why? In the legislature. Why? That's whether you Democrat. Well, you expect the Democrats would be asking those questions. Senator Chesterfield did. But not not enough. Where all the every Democrat thought ought to be their mantra. Hey, wait a minute. Why are you still having to give a hundred and eight fifty million dollar tax cut? One eighty. One hundred eighty million dollar tax cut, when this state number one was already suffering financially, number two based on the COVID nineteen is suffering even more. Mm-hmm. Why are you Why are you so hell bent on continuing this tax cut? Why does the Arkansas people have to have to suffer yet your buddies? can live off of a tax cut. I, I mean, that boggles my mind. It gets to a point now where that's not a Republican or Democrat issue. That's a Arkansans issue. And why Arkansans don't speak up, that's why it keeps getting the way it is. It's not going to change. I, I just, <sighs> woo Yeah, take a breath. Well, hey, I mean, you, you guys know that's something I brought up here consistently, you know. The tax cuts have been going on for a long time, and I hope that in this crisis that we understand the value, again, of all of the pieces that support our community. They can't happen if we are not funding them. You're talking about like the grocery store guy, right? That's part of this community. All of us. Yeah. There's someone who doesn't think he's, that person's important, but I won't call no names. Everybody's important. <clears throat> we all benefit from each other's um, mm. safety, right? Yeah, right, Robert? <laughs> I like the way you try to do that, man. I never said that they weren't. A, I never said they <clears throat> were not a I'm not. I'm not saying you. I'm going to say what I said again. Labor, labor does not have, for, for a corporation, labor, no, they don't consider labor to be an asset. It's a liability. And not only that, though. Well, why do you only speak of it in those terms, asset and liability? Because he's a capitalist. It's the cost of doing business that yeah. doesn't make it a liability. The, the, and hold, by the way, the, second, there's human. There are humans behind labor. Just, just want you to know that part. Yeah, I understand that. But mm-hmm. the, but the conversation Dave and I were having yesterday was very simple. Mm-hmm. I told Dave that labor is not important to corporations because they can always replace people. There, it's not there. The labor is not important, and that's just the truth. People well, if you look at it, if you look replaced. at it as labor, mm-hmm. then you can easily say that. But I think Tracy Ann makes a very salient point: is that if you don't look at what's behind labor, who are people, therein lies the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. What else you got for us? Well, I mean, I just, I know you guys were talking about um, North Little Rock and, you know, that's just a really sad situation. I know oh, the oh, superintendent. Got a question for I you. Knew him, I know him for as long as I've been in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. He's a good person to work with. So um, I'm sure that whole situation is going to end up in tons of litigation. So let me ask you a question just in yeah. general. When charter schools are given or whatever the process yeah, is. Yeah, given the charter. Is it normal for a superintendent to sign off on that particular charter school? So it's, there are two types of charter schools. There's charter schools that are part of the school system. Okay. And then there are private charter schools. 
Okay. I'll say private just because they're not a part of the school system. So is there an example of a private charter school in Little Rock? Can you give us one? Quest. Quest. Uh, what about, is Lisa Academy one mm -hmm. of those? Okay. Yeah. So would you say the majority of the, 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 the charter schools in Little Rock are private? Yes, I think so. Okay. I wouldn't, so it's not fair to say private because they are publicly funded. I, I understand. I yeah. understand. They're just run by a private <laughs> by a board private or a private entity. Okay. They have um, REIs, which is real estate entities involved in them. Okay. And they don't have to meet the standards that public schools have to meet. Right. So if that's the case, would a superintendent sign off on those or is it normal for him to? No, I think the superintendent would sign off on the, like if you convert a public school to a charter school. Right, so you have conversion charter schools. So if, if I started a charter school. Yeah, that's an outside entity. I don't need the superintendent to sign off on any of my paperwork. No. But if you're gonna be a public charter, right? Unless you're a conversion, conversion, meaning if you took um, Gale Elementary, I don't, I'm making up a name, okay. and say, we. And the people in that community and everybody said, we want to change this to a charter school. And here's the plan for what it would look like. Then the superintendent would have to sign off on it because it's a part of the system. Okay. Oh, I got so you. what if I take. Kind of like LeBron's high school. What if, what if I'm a, a, a religious organization and I acquire or I want to acquire a former public school building? Mm-hmm. Is that the same case in that? No, that's totally separate. Oh, okay. What's going on? What are you asking about? Well, <clears throat> I, have a re I have a reliable source. We talked about this yesterday. Mm -hmm. And we were kind of confused on why that happens. That's why I'm glad you're here. Uh, why what happens? Why, why? No, Dave was confused. Why, according to this source, Mm -hmm. Atkins' name is on a charter school application His in signature. North Little Rock. His signature. Mm -hmm. And this is a reliable Sure, thing. no. It would be interesting to see it. So it's an application for a charter school. Yes. So does it go before, it's going to go before the uh, charter commission? I, I, I don't know how what the process is. There's a charter commission. Okay. They review the applications, mm -hmm. and then they approve um, the, charter the charter for a new so what charter school. The reason it seems odd to me is because if I am a superintendent of a public school system, mm -hmm. I would tend to believe that I wouldn't be supporting anything that might devalue that public school system. So I can't speak to this specific situation, but if it is a school that is internal to the district and is being is called a charter conversion, then I'm sure that's the reason the mm. superintendent would would uh, sign off on it. I don't know this application. By the way, I look at applications for charters. I haven't seen that one. I'll, I'll get you the information. Okay. And, because um, I'm curious. Yeah, sure. The other thing is, you know, they have to renew their their charters each, whatever timeline, mm -hmm. maybe five years. Mm -hmm. And um, it's interesting to watch the commission decide which ones they're going to renew. Mm -hmm. 
because um, I don't know if you know about the school in Pine Bluff and how poorly it was performing. Oh, yeah. I've heard about it. And then they still renewed the charter. Mm-hmm. So. Mm. Okay. I mean, that's. Uh oh, my bad. Um, that's. I was just curious because that came up on the show yesterday. Yeah. And I want to find out more information because I know this thing in North Little Rock is real peculiar to me. Yeah. Uh, I'm just now getting my arms, trying to get my arms around it to try and understand so I can explain it to the listeners better. Mm-hmm. But just based on what has been coming to me from these reliable sources and then watching the board meeting the other night for the first time mm-hmm. and scratching my head, this is a cluster. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know you can't talk much about it, but. You're still trying though, aren't you? well you should also know that over 90 teachers i think it's over 90 have been non-renewed in little rock Mm -hmm. really yeah so how meaning their contracts were non-renewed meaning they're out of a job so they got their letters on friday so how does that work out i mean what do they replace how do they replace the 90 teachers we'll see um is this something is this common though is this common to for them to not to that no. this many what is the average 90? per year what's what, the average per year can you what's off top of your head you got an average it depends it depends on the district it depends on all sorts of things so but we're just, talking about a district just, a well, just, just little rock the 90 is, little rock. is huge okay 90 is all right huge. so yeah we're just trying to get a frame of reference because yeah. 90 and remember teachers, non-renewed is not retired they basically got fired or attempting to be fired. We still have teacher fair dismissal. But if you don't renew that contract, it's just you're not renewing that contract. It's not a termination, right? Yeah, it is. Technically speaking, it isn't, but it's a termination. It is. If you're not working at a place where you used to work and they tell you goodbye, you fired. Okay, it took me forever to find a term. I think it'd be interesting to look at who were non-renewed and who went on strike. Mm, Can you get us some data on that? (laughs) Of course you can. That that would be that would be something interesting because then that says retali- retaliation. The attorney general's office they get twenty mil a year. They get three million from the Fed. They get seventeen million seventeen million seven hundred eleven thousand eight hundred ninety from the state. They get three million ninety dollars and three hundred sixty dollars from the Fed from the federal government. They straight banking. Wow. So she can run all the ads she wants to. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, she can run all as they want. I don't know about you, but it pops up in my um, Mm. YouTube feed all day. Yeah, she's paying good. Yeah, she's she's paying big money. Mm -mm, She's paying your money. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's yeah, that's true. Because not only is it popping up in YouTube feeds, it's popping up on on uh, it it popped up on um my uh serious uh magazine uh serious radio. Oh really? It popped up on Pandora. Uh, no, I'm using Sirius because I'm jamming Prince, the third, the 31 Days of Prince. Um, hey, I'd like to ask Tracy Ann a quick question. Okay, go ahead. I'm, as I look at these numbers, it's just, it's just boggles my mind. So the House of Representatives, their yearly budget is $11 million. What's the question? What? Why would it be $11 million? Is that including the salaries of the legislators? Mm-hmm. Salaries and um, travel. And but no. they only work every other year, right? No, they have 
committee meetings they have to go to all the time. All the time? Yeah, like we have, I think next week we have um, retirement committee meetings, so all those legislators have to be paid, and um, education. Yeah, the Senate has 10 million, but we only have, what, 50 senators, 100 senators? Well, we have 50, 100? $10 million. Legislative audit. I don't understand. I like legislative research. I, I like don't that. understand your I just need to questioning because I'm, I'm what are you comparing it to? I'm asking and what for my own what edification. I'm asking for my own edification sure. because I don't understand. That's what I'm asking. Sure. Tracy so the, the thing. Tracy Ann is defending her folks. No. Why is you asking? No, no, no. <laughs> don't you question what we do. We'll spend your money how we want to. <laughs> no, no, no. My point is. Are you comparing the budget to a similar situated state and how much no, they no, no, pay their no, legislature? No, 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 because no. you can't just look at one thing and go, oh. No, I'm asking a question because I'm trying to figure out, are there, so how many people work in the, the, the House of Representatives office? How many people do they have? Because that, that takes away yeah. from some of this. Yeah. Do they have offices? I mean, I'm, they I'm just trying to. They have budget. They have to run the office. Yeah. I just yeah. have to FOI all this stuff because now I really want to know. You actually don't have to FOI. You actually can just ask for it. But if you want to FOI, you just create that kind of, you know, negative environment. But go ahead. FOI is not a negative thing. Okay. Everybody can send an FOIA. Oh, I it know. Is, I it know. Is, it is my right as a citizen of the state of Arkansas to ask my government what they're spending my tax dollars on. Absolutely. Just like it's your right as a citizen of no. Arkansas to ask them the same thing. Just I like don't disagree right. with you. I it's totally. It's people like you, Tracy. You're Ann. missing no, the I'm point. Just, I'm just kidding. The point is, you don't have to do an FOI. You can just call and ask. FOI creates a hostile, a hostile exchange. I'm just saying. It does. It can. So. Me just Maybe that's why your relationship with the city is so tenuous. I'm just saying. Zing! <laughs> I don't know. Off with his head! Off with his head! <laughs> she likes chunks. She likes to throw rocks up in this place, don't she? <laughs> I'm you, just saying you, you don't have you to. You and your buddy Russ Raycop. If you don't, I mean, you can ask, and if they don't give you, then you got an FOI. Well, why would I even waste my time asking when I can just FOI, and then I know I'll get it? No problem. I prefer to work with people, not start out with boxing gloves. There you go. Yes, I mean, if you, you demand of me boxing gloves, I got some for you. Any Tracy other questions for Tracy? Man, I'm leaving On Tracy the budget? Alone, you better leave her alone. Tracy, Tracy's taking off our folks. We spend your money how we wants to spend your money. How is the legislature, my folks? My folks are educators. Oh, my bad. Yeah, get it together. Dang. Okay, Tracy. <laughs> hey, but Tracy, no, I really appreciate you sharing that information because I, I just, I mean, this is for my own edification. I just like to know what they're doing with our money so I can, you know, have a better understanding of what's happening in, in federal government. Like I have an understanding of what happens in city government. No, I, you mean state government, not federal Yes, yeah, state government, I apologize. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I think that's good, and I think that's important because that is what is not happening enough of, right? Not enough people are querying what's going on with the state budget because if they did, they'd be asking the governor, why do we need a $180 million tax cut? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Something I've been asking ever since it happened, but there are people running around in this city saying how great of a job the governor's doing. He's doing a great job. Oh, I love the governor. He's really handling this. Compared to what, though? You know, it's, a, it's always a comparison, right? Compared mm, to when, Georgia? Mm. Arkansas is currently, I would argue, that any 
any subsistence living, any any quality of life issues you compare to any of the states in this country, I would argue, and I don't know this off the top of my head, but Arkansas would be in the in in the bottom ten in all and the bottom five in most. Who is that? Of Arkansas. What? Of any of the negative quality of life statistics as it, as it relates to these uh, states in the union. We kick, so, out, we kick out $50 million a year and turn back money. You know, so yeah. if, if, if we're going to be giving $180 million tax cut and we're one of the poorest states in the country, it's kind of like Mississippi uh, giving away $94 million in, in, in uh, uh, DFS funds. Uh, DF, uh, it, it's ridiculous. So as far as I'm concerned, Arkansas doesn't have the shouldn't be trying to give tax cuts to anybody until its citizens are being served, their school systems are being funded. Broadband is everywhere. Broadband is everywhere. All of those things and don't give me this stuff about oh it's rural. Hey, I'm a technician. Rural rural as it relates to technology doesn't exist anymore. It's just a matter of committing the dollars yeah. and making sure making that the these people have it. Yeah. That's all this is. You know, but they don't want to do that because they're too busy giving away tax cuts. So I, I'm over these Republican governors, governors and the games that they're playing. It, it's ridiculous. And uh, the American people are suffering from it. And part of the problem is we are allowing them to do it, hey, Dave, whether you're Republican or Democrat. Dave, you see that? See what? Your soapbox is rocking. Oh, I'm sorry. I was supposed to climb down off it. I just, I just kind of sat down on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm done. I'm Woo-saw. So this is the time that we st- start enrolling for the next school year in K-12 also. I heard you talking to um, Arkansas Baptist Admissions Director. Mm-hmm. James Burrell. It's, sti- it's, still, it's also the <coughs> time that we'd be going and registering our kids for school. So mm-hmm. um, I'm sure the school districts are looking at those numbers very closely. You know, how many families are coming in to register their kids for the next school year? So, you know, that brings up an interesting question, Tracy. Mm-hmm. Are we going to have a school, school, school year coming up? In the fall? Yes. I don't know. I mean, that's hard to predict, honestly, because unless we put in some um, infrastructure to manage the possibilities of the coronavirus, I, th- I think parents are going to be worried, you know, families are going to be fearful for both college and K-12, don't you think? Well, let me ask you a question. Would you send your kids, based on what we know, they're already saying that this virus is going to double in death rate mm-hmm. uh, to close to 200,000 people by August, okay? If the model is correct, or even if it's half correct, yeah. that's going to be 100,000 people who, may, who will have died. You as a parent, would you be safe or feel safe enough to send your child back to school? And not, not, not just college, but an elementary school where we know kids are kids, mm-hmm. snotty noses, dirty. They come, home, they come to school, some of them are kind of unkempt, no offense to those parents. Would you be safe, feel safe to send your kid back to school? I'm saying I know I wouldn't. So how are you going to manage your household? Just keep them at home and do homeschool or do AMI? I'm simply asking the question, Tracy Ann. <laughs> would you feel safe 
sending your child back to school in that type of environment? I would send my child back to school once I feel comfortable with whatever plans the district makes to ensure safety. So what is that comfortability to you right now? Reduce class size significantly. So how are they going to do that? They just fired 90 teachers. Right. You see how how that works? Yeah. How are they going to do that? And if I'm a parent, I got to have some concerns here. I am so I, don't think I am so happy I have no kids in school right now. It's not unique to public schools, you realize that. Oh, I know. I it's know. schools I in know. general, private and right. public and charters. I mean, how are we all going to ensure um schools are safe, right? Because you have schools with 1200 kids in there, right? Little Rock Central. It's a petri dish. They all are petri dishes. These dirty little nasty kids. Stop. Come on now, you know you know Don't these kids. Don't say that. They are. Come on, they they carry germs. You do too. Well, but <laughs> we all carry but, germs. But I mean, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just simply saying we understand what it what goes into kids in school. Yeah. And the argument was, well, we're going to make them wear a mask. You're not going to make those kids wear masks all day. And what about the kids who are ADHD? Or, or those kids who are suffering from learning disabilities who wear a mask could potentially. Special needs. Special right? needs. Mm-hmm. How are you going to make those kids wear masks? How are they going to understand that they, they need to wear masks? Uh, um, look, maybe this is just me. Well, what do you But this see? is dangerous. What do you see ahead, David? I don't see anything ahead until we get a handle. I just read you that the damn virus is worse than they, they thought it was. Yeah. I mean. All I, right. Then why are you out here? You should be at home. (laughs) Just saying. I'm an essentially employee. I'm I'm in the media. (laughs) You're an essential employee. Okay. But you understand what I'm saying. I'm I'm not trying to stoke up any fear or anything. Yeah. But kids Are you not? But kid look, every year you most parents, you know what? I haven't had a cold or any type of sickness related to that in decades. You know why? No, tell me. I don't have kids in school. Okay? You get that, right? Because typically kids go to school, they catch a cold, they come home, and they give it to everybody else in the household. Unless, Is that, of, unless of course, you feed them cod liver oil in the mornings before they go to school. Okay. There they you don't go. bring home clothes. Okay, we'll keep that in mind. You should. But overall... Now you're telling me that, oh, given all those those issues, that Petri dish, which are schools, now we're going to send them back. We don't have a vaccine for the virus. And I, as a parent, has got to be okay with that? Well, so you want us to not send kids back to school? I don't know what I want, Tracy Ann. I'm okay. just worried about kids. That's That's what I'm saying. This is not making any sense to me. I just I think you're like running down the road a little hard. No decisions have been made yet. There has to be some planning, of course. And what about buses, Tracy Ann? Jesus Christ. What about buses? Okay. Kids gonna get on these buses. Some of these buses have dual and triple routes. Are they gonna clean the bus every every stop? Uh, I'm just nervous about this. Okay. What about if you carpool with kids? Are you going to still pick up little Johnny around the corner? 
not knowing that little Johnny's family, maybe his uncle may have been asymptomatic with COVID-19. What, what about that? Oh, God, I'm, 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 I'm about to lose my hair thinking about it. You got don't issues, have man. no hair, you boy. <laughs> I Chris just, I think. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to be serious. You are doubting the capabilities of the adults to make evaluations and decisions. I think we're working on it. And, you know, if it's not safe, schools won't open. If it's, It has to be mm. safe for both the students and the adults. That's the only point I'm trying to make. Yeah. You know. And I think the guidance will come from, you know, the epidemiologists and the doctors. How yeah. many, how many, do you know the number? Hold I on think before you say that. Do you have your quote ready? You know, your quote. How many number, okay. how many teachers have died in the New York school district? I think I heard 60 teachers has passed away due, due to COVID-19 in the New York school district. Really? I think that number is, it's somewhere, it's a shocking number. Really? So it's not just kids who New can New York, get it. the state, New York, the city. Uh, I think it was New York City School District. That's less than what Little Rock's doing to you know. non-renewings. I'm just, non-renewals. I was just wondering. I, I got a great quote, and, and I got a great okay. quote by Carter G. Woodson. I'm going to read a quote that I read earlier. Are you wrapping up the show? Do we have like we do? We have like 45 seconds before we wrap the show up. You want to? You 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 bored or something? Thank you for having me. So, I, I, can, can I can I give salutations <laughs> to Tracy first? Because she's been me. She's been lopping heads all day, man. She well, we, she lop heads all the up. time, but you, we're, it's a good head lopping every now and, and then. I'm reading okay. this. I'm reading this. Okay, for her, Tracy Ann. Thank you for coming in. Thanks we for love you me. coming in, and you always have great information, she even does. though Robert gets sensitive sometimes. I appreciate you having me. I no. can't always make it hair on Tuesdays because, you know, we I understand. run a whole organization. But. Oh, yeah. gosh. <laughs> we, we understand. So, Robert, okay, I'm going to go ahead and start the music now, and you can do your quote. Go ahead. Don't tell me you don't have it. I don't have it. i got to find it. Uh-oh. Oh, With I'm all that. Kidding. I'm just kidding. Y'all ready? Mm, been ready. I read this, I read this uh, last week, but I'm going to read it again. This is Carter G. Woodson Week. When a Negro has finished his education in our schools, then he has been equipped to begin the life of an American, Americanized or Europeanized white man. But before he steps from the thresholds of his alma mater, he is told by his teachers that he must go back to his own people from whom he has been estranged by a vision of ideas which is, which in his delusionment, he will realize that he cannot attain. He goes forth to play, to play his part in life, but he must be both social and bisocial at the same time. While he is part of the body politic, he is in addition to this a member of a particular race to which he must restrict himself in all matters social. While serving his country, he must serve within a special group. While being a good American, he must above all things be a good Negro. And to perform this definite function, he must learn to stay in a Negro's place. That's Carter G. Woodson, y'all. Thank you, Robert. That was really nice. Tracy, you got your quote? You got one? No, I didn't bring a quote. I'm sorry. Okay. But it would be Bob Marley, probably. Oh. Yeah, man! <laughs> <laughs> By the way, here's my quote. This is from Malcolm X. I touched on this quote earlier in the show. 
and I, I touch on it often as a matter of fact, you get your freedom by not being confined. You get your freedom by letting your enemy know that you'll do anything to get your freedom. You'll get it. It's the only way you'll get it. You don't get you don't get to run around here trying to make friends with someone who's depriving you of your rights. They're not your friends. No, they're your enemies. Treat them like that and fight them and you'll get your freedom. And after you get your freedom, your enemy will respect you. He will respect you. I say that with no hate in my heart, I have no hate in me. I don't hate, have any hate, but I've got some sense. I'm not only going to let anyone, somebody who hates me, to tell me to love him. I'm not that way. That's Malcolm X. What y'all gonna do about it? Another man has been murdered, publicly lynched. Marching ain't working. That stopped a long time ago. It's time to rethink this thing. Hey, spend money on community. If you don't do it, nobody else will. Peace and love, black folk. Thanks again, Tracy Ann.